White Sox Station, Sports Radio 78, WBBM, Chicago. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... it is said, has charms to soothe the savage beast, to soften rocks, or bend a knotted oak. For so many of us, music has provided so much happiness and comfort. And yet, so often, music, even the most divine music, has failed to soothe or soften or even comfort the very people who created it. Isn't it a mystery that so many of those gifted composers who wrote such heavenly melodies often felt they were living in hell? Hector, what, what are those? What do they look like? Double-barreled pistols, my friend. But why? I have four bullets. One for the scheming mother, one for the faithless trollop, and one for the fat fool for whom she betrayed me. And the fourth bullet? That's for me. You mean you'll kill yourself? Around. Would you rather I was sent to the guillotine? <laughs> mystery drama, The Fourth Bullet, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Russell Horton and Bernie Grant. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Ask any successful person, what is the secret of your success? And the answer will usually be timing. Timing makes all the difference between failure and success. What was the wrong move yesterday may be exactly the right move for today. And so, the wise time their actions with one eye on the calendar and the other eye on the clock. But of course, the most important timing of all is beyond our power. Regardless of how talented or brilliant we happen to be, there is one thing none of us has the power to decide, and that is when we shall be born. And so often, that makes all the difference in the world. Ah, such divine music It will live forever Along with everything else he wrote uh, I'm speaking of my best friend, Hector Berlioz This is the overture from an opera called The Secret Judges uh, I wrote the libretto Hector, Hector, are you at home? Hector! Ah, Ferrand! What are you doing here? What am I doing here? We, we had an appointment. Did we? Yes. I finished the libretto. You wanted to see it. What libretto? Oh, that's right. The secret judges. Well... Oh, don't... Tell me you've lost interest. No, 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 my friend. Not at all. I'm fascinated more than ever by the whole dramatic idea. This court of secret judges in medieval Germany which dispenses a summary justice of its own. Uh, what was it called? Uh, the, the, the PEM. Yes, yes. And do you know there are those who say it still exists to this day, even in this enlightened year of 1830. Uh, Hector, uh, here it is. Do you want to read it? Oh, I can't at the moment. I'm leaving for Italy. 
Italy? When? Tonight. The Academy has given me a scholarship to study in Rome. Oh, oh I didn't know. Congratulations. <laughs> and the libretto's finished. Good, 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 good. I shall take it with me and write it in Rome. Rome, the eternal city. Hector, I, I, I wanted to talk to you about something. Of course, of course you do. We must have a long discussion. Yes, but when? Tonight. But you're going... I'm not leaving Paris till after dinner. Come with me. I'm going to dine with the Countess Moke. Yes, but I haven't been invited well, to dine. you're with me. I have to have dinner there tonight. Why? Because I'm in love. Yes, dear friend. I'm going to marry... The Countess's daughter, Camille. And what made you fall in love with Camille Moke? When I heard her play A Rhapsody by Franz Liszt. So the sense of what you're saying, then, is that you fell out of love with one and in love with the other. Exactly, my friend. But how do you know you're not in love with the music? Oh, Ferran, look at the divine face of Camille Moke and tell me that. divine face of Mademoiselle Camille Moke, and I found it somewhat too intense for my taste. The same could be said about her playing, even though she was the latest rage of Paris and all of her concerts were sold out. Yes, the word to describe her would be intense, also smoldering, simmering, seething. If you ask me, if these two ever were married, they would go up in flames. But <laughs> nobody ever did ask me. After dinner, Camille played a little music for us. Magnificent, superb. Isn't she marvelous, Ferrand? I congratulate you, Mademoiselle Camille. My adorable Camille, our lives shall be spent with music. Ah, my beloved Hector, you shall write the notes, and I shall make them come alive. My angel, my adored one. My precious. My love. These exchanges continued, despite the fact that uh, they were not alone in the room. Oh, I, I, I didn't count. To Hector, I was more or less like another piece of furniture. But among others, there were the Countess Moke and a thin gentleman called Ignaz Pleyel. And Monsieur Pleyel seemed quite upset. And obviously, the Countess wasn't giving him very much comfort. Are they not the most adorable-looking couple? Oh, uh, Don't you think he is the most handsome gentleman in Paris, Monsieur Pleyel? <laughs> he has the most magnificent brow. Truly, a creative artist forehead. Yeah, but of you... course, he leaves for Italy tonight. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. He will be away for a year. Who knows what can happen? Especially when a girl is young and impetuous. Ah, look at her, Monsieur. She is a flower that must be constantly nourished by love. Have you the art to leave her to languish on the vine? <laughs> Seize the day, the hour, the moment. Remember, absence makes the art go wander. Direct that searching art toward yourself. <laughs> That's what the old witch was after. To my friend Hector's face, 
she was as warm as the summer sun, gentle as the spring rain. But that's how women are. And we men, are we any better? How brilliantly she plays, Countess. My dear Hector, this is your inspiration at work. It is your noble spirit that moves her. How can I leave her? But you must. Fame, fortune, glory await you in Italy. Perhaps. Perhaps I shall not go. Go. I'd return as one of the immortals. Already they speak of you in the same tone, razor for Mozart, Beethoven, even Bach. But Bach didn't write operas. Which is why you shall surpass him in greatness one day. Ah, how proud I shall be to call you my son. And so when the evening drew to its reluctant conclusion... There were tearful, almost heart-rendering farewells. Camille swore that she would be faithful to Hector forever. And three weeks later, she announced her engagement to Playel. Somehow, I felt I'd better be there when Hector received the news. So, I decided to go to Rome immediately and tell him myself. What? It's Ferran! Hello, Hector! What good wind blew you to Rome? Come in, come in! <laughs> I'm so happy to see you. I'm not even one bit disappointed. Disappointed? Oh, that you're not the post. I've been waiting all these days, all these weeks for a letter. Oh? Any special letter? Special? It's the only one in the world. For my darling Camille. I see. Hmm. Why is my beloved Camille so cruel to me? Why doesn't she write? Well, the, the fact is, perhaps... It's because she no longer has anything to write about. Well, how can that be? Now that your engagement is broken... Well, even if our engagement is broken, how could that affect the plans for our... What did you say? Did, did you say our engagement is, is broken? Hector, believe me, it's for the best. She? She broke our engagement? Her mother wanted someone like Playel. Someone who was harmless and could be handled. I want to be alone. So they used you to make him jealous, to, to force his hand. I must be by myself. Oh, Hector. If there's anything I can do. There is. Walk out that door. I was frightened. I had expected fireworks, but I wasn't prepared for a quiet, subdued Hector Berlioz. What would he do? But there was no help for it. I went outside. I remained near the house to watch, to wait. What are you doing here, Hector? You're spying on me. Oh, I'm, I'm worried. About what? About the engagement. I was afraid you might do something violent to yourself. Where, where are you going? I I must perform a few errands. Come dine with me this evening. Oh, why don't I come with you now? It would be best if you were not involved in this particular aspect of my activity. Till dinner, then. But, uh, if uh, you uh, try to follow me, I shall never speak to you again. More fruit? Uh, no, thank you. I've had enough of everything. Uh, except an explanation. Hector Belios, what are you up to? Permit me to open this wooden box. This may explain. What are those? No, what do they look like? Uh, 
Pistols. Two double-barreled pistols. That's because four shots are needed. Four shots? Mm. One for the evil genius behind the plan, the mother. The second for the perfidious daughter. The third for Monsieur Playel. I've been wounded by these vulgar people. I have every right to restore my honor. But murder, Hector. I'm willing to pay the price. What price? I have two double-barreled pistols, four shots. Two for the women, one for the man, and the fourth one for me. You're going to kill yourself? Ferran, would you rather I went to the guillotine? Oh. I would rather you forgot the whole business. My friend, I am a Berlioz. And you intend to walk into the Countess's salon and simply commence this, this, this gunfire? Oh, no, it cannot be done simply. They know me, those harpies. They expect me to come back. They fear my vengeance. They'll take precautions. I should never be permitted to set foot in the house as Hector Berlioz. Then the thing's blown up right there. You couldn't even get into the house which is the only place you could be sure of finding all of them together. I cannot get into the house, I said, as Hector Berlioz, but I can get in as someone else. Who? As the Marchesa di Forli Speranza. Who is the Marchesa di Forli Speranza? <laughs> you like her? I just made her up. Now, you know what a frightful snob Countess Moke is. She loves to collect all sorts of titles. So... I shall call at one of her soirees, I shall be admitted, I shall be announced, and once inside, I shall produce my two double-barreled pistols from where they've been hidden in my voluminous skirts. Oh, that reminds me, voluminous skirts. We need a dressmaker. We need a, we need a, uh, a dressmaker? You haven't been paying attention. I must have a complete wardrobe created for the Marquesa di Forli Speranza. Well, not complete. A gown for when I shall call on the Countess Moke, and uh, a traveling costume. A traveling costume? Of course! Are you going to travel? Dressed as a woman? I shall travel as the Marquesa de Forli Speranza. Yeah, but why? Even if you intend to go but through... If? You don't have to dress up as a woman until you're about to enter the Countess's house. Hector Berlioz pretending to be the Marquesa di Forli Speranza would never be admitted inside. Therefore, I must become the Marquesa. Oh, but Hector... Not another word. Those who are not with me are against me. Now, where do you stand? I'm with you. Good! It's not the first foolish thing you've ever done, but it may very well be the last. So the plot thickens and the pace quickens. Revenge for an insult. Loaded pistols. Disguising oneself as a woman. It has all the time-honored ingredients of grand opera. And why shouldn't it? Isn't it all being conceived by one of the great operatic composers himself? We shall return with Act Two shortly. seems a bit flaky, this Hector Berlioz. And you may think we're taking poetic license, but the fact is, he was quite a singular character. And he did live in a very floridly romantic age. Remember, his contemporaries were Byron and Keats and Shelley and Poe, and a great many others who insisted on marching to the beat of their very own drummers. Here, once again, is Monsieur Ferrand, Hector Berlioz's best friend, who seems to be taking this latest escapade as a matter of course. Thank you. 
Yes, well, he had every intention of disguising himself as a woman and traveling to Paris to kill three people and then himself. So you might ask yourself, why didn't I try to stop him? My answer? How could I? My only hope was, was to humor him and to pray that over the course of what would be quite a long journey, something might come along to distract him. I must become letter perfect as the Marquesa de Forli Speranza. Yes, yes, Hector. Who is she? Think, think. What sort of woman? What are her tastes? No, Hector, after all, how... We are creating a character, my good Ferrand. You talk as if this were, were theater. Well, of course it is. When I present myself to the major domo at Countess Moke's establishment as the Marquesa de Forli Speranza, shall I not be playing a part? And unless I believe in the character, as every good actor must, my audience will not believe me. Now, to begin, I must shave closely. Now, then, I shall be posing as a woman of 30. What colors suit my personality? What is my personality? You would think he was composing an opera. Well, whether he knew it or not, he was. Of course, it would have an ending unlike anything in the theater. The people who would be shot in the final scene would remain dead forever. Oh, I kept hoping for something to turn up, but every day saw the plot advance further. Finally, it was time for wardrobe. We went to the finest shop in Rome, naturally. Only the best for Hector. And how may I be of help, Signor? Ah, Signora, we wish to purchase several outfits for a young lady. Ah, I shall be happy to serve you. What does the young lady need? Everything. Oh, I see. Particularly a traveling costume. Yes. Also, a formal gown and all of the uh, required undergarments. I understand. Can it be done quickly, Signora? As quickly as you can bring the young lady in for her fittings. Oh, well, that may present us with a difficulty. It's, it's not convenient for the young lady to come here. In that case, perhaps you could supply me with her measurements. Her measurements? Or would that also be inconvenient? No, no, no. As a matter of fact, we could do that right away. Do you happen to have them with you? Actually, you might say that I have them on me. Senor? You see, the young lady and myself, by a coincidence, happen to have the same measurements. Exactly. The same Measurement? You might add an inch or two, or perhaps three, to certain uh, parts of the uh, basic costume. Oh, yes. I suppose I could. Good. Shall we begin? And they began. There was a burst of activity throughout the entire shop, what with stitching and cutting and sewing and embroidering and who knows what else. He'd keep going back for more measuring and consultations about colors and... Well, I lost track of it all. But finally, it came to an end. Everything fit perfectly. Signor Rosetta, you have done a most spectacular job. You're a sublime artiste. Oh, grazie, signor. There's your money. Oh, thank you again, signor. May I say that you... Uh, that is, I mean, the young lady will be quite charming. I shall be forever in your debt. Come, Ferrand, my good friend. Let us be off. Maria, 
Maria, come here, child. Those two French gentlemen who just left this shop, follow them. See where they go. And now what, my friend? Now we go home to France. There's a break that sails from Ostia to Marseille. No, 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 no. We shall return overland. By land? <laughs> Do you realize we'd have to ride through more than half of Italy and all of southern France? The trip from Marseille to Paris is bad enough, but that... We need the time, Ferran. For what? For rehearsal. Very well, my friend. If you insist, we'll get seats on an overland stage. No, we'll hire a trap. A trap? And, and a driver? What, with changes of horses? Do you realize the expense? Mm, it won't be too bad if we drive it ourselves. What was the use? He would have his way. We hired a trap. It was small, it was uncomfortable. The roads were narrow and needed repair, deserted for the most part. And we could never make real time because we had to keep stopping to rehearse. Now, let us play the entire scene again. Go ahead. The major domo opens the door. I tell him I am the Marchesa di Forle Speranza. He bows, he admits me. He passes me along to an usher who conducts me to the reception room. He raps on the floor with his staff and announces my name. Wait, 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 wait. The floor. What floor? The, the, the fatal flaw in the plan. Now, you can dress like the Marquesa. You can wear your hair like a Marquesa. You can walk like her, smile like her. But once you open your mouth, you, my friend, are undone. Your voice is the voice of Hector Berlioz. Oh, I... I can disguise my voice. Can you? Can you sound like a woman? Pretend I'm the major domo. Tell me who you are. Mm, very well. Um, <clears throat> I am the Marquesa di Forli Speranza. Didn't sound too good, did it? Uh, no. Was no. it forced? Yes. Artificial? I'm afraid so. I'll have to work on it. There's just no way I can do it, is there? No way at all. What am I going to do now? Go back to Rome. Study. Create. But my revenge. Now revenge yourself by becoming successful. Show her what she lost when she cast you aside. No one casts Hector Berlioz aside. She made me the laughing stock of Paris. They all did. All three of them. They are going to pay for it with their lives. Yes, but this present plan of yours is obviously unworkable. Oh, oh, oh. Wait. Why do you say that? Aside from the voice, it's all perfection, isn't it? Yes, but the voice destroys the illusion. Then there shall be no voice. The Marquesa is unable to speak. The Marquesa is dumb? The Marquesa is mute. But how can you introduce yourself if you're unable to speak? Well, you shall do it for me. You'll be my escort. Come, come, we must rehearse. We're arm in arm at the door of the Countess's house. Uh, here is the butler. Huh? What do you say? Huh? Oh, uh, uh, Monsieur Ferrand and the Marquesa de Folly Sponza. Mm, you need more confidence, more authority. Well, I'm sorry. I've never been a person of very much confidence or authority. Well, you'll get it in rehearsal, my friend. Never fear. Now, uh, come along. We're ushered into the salon. There they are, this despicable trio, the Countess, Camille, and Monsieur Pleyel. Now, now don't stand there. Introduce me. <clears throat> mm hmm uh, uh, may I present the Marquesa di Forli Speranza? Uh, we can smooth all that out. Uh, now, everyone smiles, 
And I produce the pistols. Everyone is shocked. No one can move. I fire the first barrel. The countess falls a ball through her scheming head. I fire the second barrel. Camille falls with a bullet through her perfidious heart. I drop the first pistol. I bring the second to bear. I pull the trigger. Foolish Playel falls mortally wounded. And now, as everyone watches in horrified silence, I simply kill myself. Mm. Now, let's do it again. Why did I take all this from Hector Berlioz? He was a genius. And he had a hard life. He was born at the wrong time. He was too classical for the romantics and too romantic for the classicists. In addition, he had a new way of perceiving music. Innovators in art always have a difficult time of it. Of course, I was having a difficult trip. My back was killing me. Wake up, Ferrand. Wait. Wake up! Hmm? Huh? Oh. Oh, no. Oh, Hector, why did you do that? I was lucky enough to doze off. Why couldn't you just let me sleep? Time to rehearse. Oh, no, not again. Yeah, we'll stop here. Whoa. Whoa, I said. Oh, these nags are as hard to conduct as the musicians at the Paris Opera. <sighs> now, then, Ferrand, let us begin. Hector, look back there. What is it? All I can see is a cloud of dust, but seems to be coming this way very quickly. Well, obviously, people are coming, but that's no affair of ours. I just hope that we're no affair of theirs. Hector, look, they have guns. Perhaps they're soldiers. But they're not wearing uniforms. What do you suppose that means? If they're not in the military, and they're armed, and they're riding so fast, it means only one thing. They must be bandits. Let me take those reins. Mm. Get up! Hand me the whip, Hector. Yes. Why must be run? I have my two double-barreled pistols. Are you mad? Uncap those weapons. And hide them under the seat. Quickly. I am a Berlioz. I shall never refuse a fight. Hector, listen to me. I learned all about bandits in Sardinia. If you look as if you mean to defend yourself, mm -hmm. you'll be shot down at once. Well, then why are we running from them? That... <laughs> They're, they're, they're gaining on us. Why not get it over with? They like the excitement of a good chase. Ferrand, are you sure they won't shoot us anyhow? Hector, in this world, how can one be sure of anything? You can be sure, at least, of this. There's going to be a third act to our story. Hector Berlioz is headed for Paris, where he intends to take drastic and fatal revenge on three people who have made him appear ridiculous. That is... He will if he can ever get there. Act three will be upon us shortly. Here we have one of the great composers of the 19th century, Hector Berlioz, a man whose artistic immortality has already been established. And what is he doing? He is disguised as a woman. And he is driving at full speed down a back road in rural Italy, being hotly pursued by a gang of highwaymen. Can you go any faster, Ferrand? They're gaining on it. No. No, I, I, I think it's time we stop running. They may become angry and start shooting at us. But, but can't I fire at them? Perhaps I can scare them off. Please, Hector, they mustn't know we're armed. 
going to do now? You mustn't say a word. A word. Or I shall try to appeal to their sense of chivalry. Here they come. Oh. Well, try to look frightened. You mean I don't look frightened now? I'm, 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 I'm scared out of my wits. Try harder. Well, what have we here? Good day to you, senor. A back for one to you. May I have your money? Oh, certainly, senor. And uh, to whom do we owe this opportunity to share our wealth? I'm called Il Pardo. You ever heard of me? Who hasn't heard of the leopard? Uh, who is that beauty sitting there beside you? Huh? Oh, oh uh, it's, 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 it's my wife. What is your name, my exquisite signora? She, uh, she cannot speak. She cannot speak. For what reason? She suffers uh, from an illness. An illness. That's why we're on the road. We are uh, hurrying toward Florence. Yes, yes, I see how pale she yes, is. Yes, she's a famous doctor there. Perhaps he will cure her. And perhaps he will kill her with his infamous pills and potions. My friend, there is no need to travel all the way to Florence to see this quack. Oh, but we do. I myself can cure her. Oh, how pale she is. Yes, yes. She suffers. She suffers from living in the dirty, dusty, crowded city. She suffers from lack of fresh air to breathe, spring water to drink. Although this is a rather delicate subject, it should be obvious she is withering away because of lack of affection. But we can remedy all these deficiencies here in our helpful mountains. What does that mean? It means that if a woman pleases me, and I intend to have her. But she's my wife. True. So you have two choices. You can sell her to me, or you can fight me for her. Fight? But you, you wouldn't want her. Why not? Oh, because, well, she may, she may not be everything you think she is. She is everything and more. I will have this woman. Come down, my magnificent blossom. Let me sweep you into my saddle. We shall ride to paradise together. But you... you wish to be paid? Very well. I shall let you keep your money, your baggage, your horses. Fair enough? More than fair. And now, beloved, come to me. <laughs> Soldiers, run! Bombs! They sweep me out. Another time, my angel. We shall meet again. Head across the field, men! Saved. Oh. We're saved, Moran. Yes, yes. We've been delivered from these brigands. Doesn't this prove that Providence is with us? We are destined to succeed. Oh, sir. Sir, I want to thank you for saving our lives. Don't thank me so quickly. You may have been better off with the bandits. You are under arrest. Arrest? What's the charge? Espionage. But we're... We're not spies. Silence! You will be given a fair trial before we hang you. It was a long, slow, terrifying journey back to Rome. We weren't permitted to say a word, not even to each other. We were taken to a grim-looking building. We were surrounded by serious-faced soldiers. 
Bring in the woman. The woman! If only you would allow us to explain. Silence. You are the Signora Rosetta. Mm-hmm. Yes, Colonel. And these are the men. Oh, these are the men. And that is my dress he is wearing. And I didn't steal it. I paid for it. Silence. Continue. Why should a man wish to dress as a woman? I asked myself. Suddenly, the answer became clear. He must be a spy in the service of the King of France. But that isn't true. Basta, senor. You will be given your opportunity. Now, do you deny that you are a Frenchman? I proclaim it. Therefore, does it not stand to reason that you are a spy? Why does that stand to reason? All Frenchmen are spies. But I, sir, am Hector Berlioz. Who is Hector Berlioz? <gasps> I am a composer. I never heard of you. Ask, ask at the academy. I don't know anyone at the academy. I don't hold much with composers. But you could ask, uh, ask Paganini. My instinct tells me that you are an agent of... Hold. Did you say Paganini? Ah, now there is a musician for you. Ask him. He'll identify me. Very well. But if you are not who you say you are... You can't expect to be looking at a firing squad in the morning. A firing squad? Would you rather be hanged? Send for Signor Niccolo Paganini. And so they finally ran him down. And Signor Paganini came in as diabolical looking and sardonic as ever. They said he was in league with the devil. Only Satan could teach a man to play a violin at such speed. And he looked at Hector without blinking an eye, as if it were absolutely normal for anyone to go about dressed as a woman. Yes. Yes, this is Berlioz. You are certain? Yes, I commissioned him to write the viola concerto for me. (laughs) It wasn't much good. That's a lie. It was excellent. You're complaining because your part wasn't big enough. What am I supposed to do during a half of it? Fall asleep? Colonel, it's called Herald in Italy. It's magnificent. It is a trap. It's ahead of its time. Charlatan. Gypsy fiddler. Get out of here, the bug of you. Madmen. Lunatics. What is this? An insane asylum? And so the days went by. We crossed the border into France. We drew closer and closer to Paris. Nothing occurred to me. The colonel was right. Berlioz was a madman. He would go through with this. And how could I stop him? And we would pause in some deserted field and rehearse constantly. And now I produce my pair of pistols. The first bullet for the countess. The second for Camille. The third for the fool. And the fourth for me. Very good. Let us ride on, my friend. Hector, I uh, was hoping... For what? For a return of reason. Are you saying I've lost my reason? Well, I, I thought this long ride might have made you reconsider. Never. I was all Ferrand. There's a slogan in the Berlioz family. The stain of an insult can only be washed away by blood. But then... What washes away the stain of the blood itself? I 
I'm not concerned with that. Why didn't I report him to the police? What can I say? I was completely under his spell. I knew him as the greatest genius of his time. I prayed with all my heart that something at the last second would turn up to avert this tragedy. But we arrived in Paris. And we went to the house of the Countess Moke. And we were admitted as Monsieur Ferrand and the Marchesa di Forli Speranza. She's always at the piano, the minx. Hector, I Soon she'll be finished. And her mother and that oof will join her. And then you will present me, Hector, for the last time. Please. My mind is made up even more strongly than ever. She bows. What falsehood? What artifice? Does anyone wish to know who this woman really is? Ask me. Ah, ah, ah. Now they come toward her. In just a moment, you shall present me. Hector, Hector. Suppose, suppose what? Something goes wrong. Well, what can go wrong? A pistol can always misfire. No, not these. I've carefully measured out the charges to the final grains of powder. I have the finest, the most expensive. In percussion caps. Yes, but still... Even more some... important, I am perfectly rehearsed. I raise the first pistol, two shots the women. I raise the second, one shot the man. The fourth shot for me. I've done it over and over a hundred times. No, no, you haven't. You haven't even done it once. Are you mad? How many times have I fired? You've only fired three shots. Never, not even once, have you fired the fourth. Oh. Well, uh, that's, that's because... Yes? Because? Oh, hang it all. I can only kill myself once. How do you know you can even kill yourself at all? Well, because... To kill the three would be a source of immense gratification. True? Oh, how true. But, but, but. Kill yourself afterward. You don't know yet if you can really hold the muzzle of that pistol to your temple. You don't know if you can pull the trigger and allow the trigger to blow your brains out. Please, Ferrand, you needn't be so indelicate. Shall you be able to say farewell? Farewell to life. To art. Shall you murder not only the four of you, but also the great works that are still in your head, waiting to be released? The operas, the symphonies, the fantasies, all the brilliant music of Berlioz. Shall most of it die unborn? Now, Ferrand, you must not try to, um, to weaken my resolve. But how strong is it? Can you turn that pistol on yourself? Have you ever rehearsed? Do not try to swerve me from my purpose. Die or don't die. Hector, I wash my hands of it. I am leaving. Farewell, Hector. Goodbye forever. Wait, wait, wait. Ferran, wait! For what? Looking at her, getting up from the piano with that simpering smile? 
This is your queen of beauty? Your angel of delight? What can I do? I love her still. After what she said. Remember what she said last time we were in this house? My darling Hector, she said, you shall write the notes and I shall make them come alive. She said that? She will breathe life into my divine music? Why, that fumble finger... Why not tell her yourself? Here they come now. Mama, daughter, and the fool. Ah, Monsieur Ferron. Do please introduce us to the lovely Marquesa. All Paris is talking about her. I can introduce myself. That voice. Why, it's... It's it's a fool named Hector Berlioz who came here to put you out of your misery. But now I say unto you, suffer! Endure a lifetime of agony and stupidity and arrogance. Do you see these pistols? Oh, my... You cannot have the blessed relief from these precious bullets. I give them to your ceiling. Your mirrors. Your windows. You are a madman. No, madam, I was a madman. But now, my sanity is completely restored. That remark might have inspired differences of opinion among his contemporaries, but then again, if you were to rate sanity on a scale of one to ten, where would most of us place? And uh, what did our story prove? Quite possibly that these illustrious people whom we tend to set up on pedestals have feet of clay, just like the rest of us. However, my feet, even if of clay, shall bring me back here shortly. You've got it. So you may ask yourself, was this a true story? Of course. The incidents are selected from the memoirs of Hector Berlioz himself. So if it's fiction, it's his fiction, not ours. Of course, we have juggled a scene here and there, adjusted the timing a bit. But when dealing with composers and poets, one is always entitled to take a bit of poetic license. No? Our cast included Russell Horton, Bernie Grant, Evie Juster, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.